Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of When the Scriptures Become Real. Get a podcast where we learn, where we study, where we grow. Uh, where we try to become the best versions of ourselves as we can as we continue to serve our Lord. Uh, let's get into our shout outs today before we start our podcast. So if you're listening from Oklahoma, Stillwater or Mustang or the Ardmore area, we're thankful that you guys are listening with us. Uh, if you're listening in Wisconsin, that's in the Wanaki uh, De Pere or Milwaukee area. We're grateful that you guys are here with us as well. And also from South Dakota. So that is Bell Forge and Yankton, South Dakota. And so we're so glad that you guys are a part of the family here with us, that you guys are learning and growing and uh, that you're you're with us here on this train as we're continuing to, to develop and grow our faith. We're so thankful you guys found us and we're thankful that you guys are with us. Uh, so if you hear my voice, it's, it's not as strong. Uh, I'm getting over the flu. Uh, so <laughs> be patient with me, but I'm just starting to get my voice back. So uh, I'm feeling better and I'm thankful to be able to get back to work. So let's, let's get, uh, let's get into our podcast for the day. Uh, what we're going to entitle this one is I don't know if I want to be different anymore. I don't know if I want to be different anymore. Uh, you know, throughout scripture, we're, we're called not to be like the world, right? Uh, remember Romans, Romans 12 two, you know, it talks about be not conformed to this world, but be transformed, right? By the renewing of your minds. And even in first John chapter two, verses 15 through 17, right? Love, not the world, right? Uh, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, uh, and the pride of life. And so we have example after example, after example in scripture that tells us, you know, hey, you're not supposed to love the world. You're supposed to be different from the world. You're in it, but you're supposed to be different. So I think all of us understand that concept um, because we've heard it a lot, too. So I think we get it. Um, but as you strive and as I strive to live for God in this world. Do you ever question yourself or do you ever feel like all of your effort, all of your mental strength, all of your sometimes physical strength to do what's right. Uh, do you ever feel like sometimes that's just what it is? It's just effort. You know, you don't really see, uh, you know, you don't really see results necessarily. Uh, you know, it's kind of like, you know, it's, it's a little bit different than anything else, really. You know, when you think about when you, when you work on your physical body, whether it's, it's, uh, you know, sports training or whether it's dieting or lifting, you know, you can see the gains or you can see the loss, right? You can see uh, the reaction to your body's decision on what to do. Um, but with spirituality, it's a little it's a little different at times, because when you decide and when you have been deciding to do what's right, to do what the Lord wants you to do, to live up to his standard, uh, sometimes you, it feels like you can't see the um, the results necessarily. And you may, you might start asking yourself questions like this. Well, why am I trying so hard to be different? You might be asking yourself questions like, why am I giving all this effort if I'm not really getting much? Well, you might be asking yourself this. Maybe, maybe I just need to dial it back a little bit. Maybe, maybe my my biblical standards for myself, for others, 
for maybe it's too high. Maybe I need to dial it back. I'm not saying I stop serving God, but I just be a little more normal, a little more regular, a little more like everybody else. You might be saying, well, I just don't know if I just want to be who I am anymore. Maybe I just don't want to be seen as that. Maybe I just want to be different. Maybe I just want to be like everybody else. And you might be ultimately asking yourself this question. I don't know if I just, I want to be different anymore. I don't know. And so what we're going to do today, we're going to go through some reasons why we might think that. And uh, I I believe all of us have been here at some point. Uh, But as we learn and as we study and as we grow, what we want to do is we want to develop into mature thinkers and having a mature mind. And as we do this, we're going to look at some things through scripture today, and hopefully this will help us to get through uh, this this phase that happens in our lives multiple times, right? And so let's look at the first one here. I think that the one of the, the top reasons of why we get into this mindset of, I don't know if I want to be different anymore, is number one, because we're tired of being labeled. We're tired of being labeled. So here's here's what I mean by that. When you become and I'm putting up quotations for the listeners that are not watching the video portion here. When you become different, right, I'm putting that in quotations. It takes on the form of a new identity for you when you become different. And this is what I mean. People sometimes. um how do I say this? People will almost forget to see you as a person. They will only see you as what makes you different, if that makes sense. And so here's what we do as, as human beings. And we've all done this before. Cause I think, I think all of us can relate. All of us stick with who's doing what we're doing. So whatever state in life that we're at right now, we stick with people that are doing what we're doing. And so here, here's an example. So let's say, let's say there's four, four basketball players and let's say they're on the same team together and uh, they all, you know, they all go to practice. They all play well. They don't complain. You know, they all, you know, do what's asked of them. Right. But that's all they do. They do what's asked of them. And so, those four players that just do what's asked of them, right? So they find a commonality because all of them love the same game. All of them, their all of their effort is the same. So there's there's no competing among the four, and you know there's no expectation of going higher, and there's no expectation of going lower. They're all on the same playing field. And so we stick with those who are doing what we're doing. So those four are going to stick together, aren't they? Yeah. But then let's say that there's there's three players on the same team. But those three players do everything that those other four are doing. But these three, they come to practice early. These three stay late. These three watch their nutrition. These three go to the weight room more. These three do more than what's been required of them. So here's the question. Naturally, I'm talking naturally, are those first four 
going to have anything to do with the three? No. Why is that? Because there are expectations of doing more than what they're already doing. So we stick with those who are doing exactly what we're doing. Right? And that's that goes for a lot of things. And that's even in the church, too. We stick with those who are doing what we're doing. And so maybe you're saying, I don't want to be different anymore, or I don't know if I want to be different anymore. You might be saying that because you're tired of being labeled as the different guy or girl. You just want to be like everybody else. Well, maybe you're tired of hearing phrases like, well, you're too strict. Why are you making Christianity harder than it needs to be? What, you know, I think you're doing a little bit too much. Maybe you've heard phrases like, well, you're too good of a girl. You're too good of a guy. I thought good was good. <laughs> but apparently today, I guess unpredictable and bad is good. So when you hear these all your life, and when you hear these, when you start making decisions to follow what the Lord wants you to do, when you hear these things, you're not seen as who you are anymore. You're seen as that guy. You're seen as that girl. You're seen as that family. You're seen as that Christian. You're seen as different. And so when we're, when we're in this mode, and then when you're labeled on top of that, then this is where the snowball effect happens of where we start to go downhill. Now, here's an example. Look at Matthew chapter 26, if you will. Matthew chapter uh, chapter 26. And I want to look at verses um, 69 through 75. And again, if you're new to the podcast, uh, this is what we do here. We open up the word um, and we we let the word talk. And we're so grateful that we have the word here to guide us. So uh, open up your Bibles here with us and we'll get, we'll get started here. So if you look at Matthew chapter 26, starting verse 69, what happens here is, remember Jesus before, Jesus told Peter that he would deny him three times. But Peter said, no, you know, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to deny, deny you three times. But Jesus said, yet yeah, Peter, you're going to deny me three times tonight. And so let's look at verses 29 through 75 of our text. Now, Peter sat without in the palace and a damsel came saying, now thou was with Jesus of Galilee. But he denied them all, saying, I don't know what thou sayest. And when he was gone into the porch, another maid saw him and said unto him that were there, This fellow was with Jesus of Nazareth. And he denied with an oath. And he said, I don't know the man. And a while came after they stood by and said to Peter, Surely thou art one of them. Surely thou art one of them. For thy speech betrays thee. Then he began to curse and he began to swear, saying, I know not the man. And, he, and immediately the cock crew and Peter remembered the word which was said unto him before the cock crows, thou shalt deny me three times. And he went out and he wept bitterly. So, you know, when you think about Peter denying Jesus, sometimes I like to ask myself the question. Why, why did Peter deny him? You ever asked yourself that before? Why did, why did Peter 
deny Jesus. Or, or we, we already know that Jesus said he would. But what was the motivation in that moment from verses 69 to 75? What motivated him to deny Jesus Christ? What could it be? Well, here's two possible reasons of why Peter denied Jesus. Now, remember in verses 57 through 67, remember at this time, Jesus was already taken to Caiaphas. So Jesus was already in the system, right? And he was kind of making his rounds until he hit to Pilate. So Jesus was already captured. So you got to think one reason why he denied him was because of fear of persecution. Because since Jesus was captured, if Peter says, yes, I know him, guess who they might capture right after that too? They might capture Peter. But then number two, what else is another reason? Peter, because of Jesus being captured, because of Jesus being who he was, maybe Peter didn't want to be associated with him at this time. Is that possible? Knowing Peter and knowing his track record, it's possible. It's possible. And so when you think about what made Peter deny Jesus, isn't those same two reasons why we quit and why we don't want to be different anymore? Because we fear persecution and we don't want to be associated with him anymore. <laughs> it's pretty ironic, isn't it? You know, we sit here and we kind of scold Peter, but we do the exact same thing every day. When we say we don't want to, we, when we say I'm tired of being different, you know, when we say, you know, I don't know if I can do this anymore. We do the same thing. We fear persecution. And number two, we don't want to be associated with Jesus anymore. Well, what's what's our idea of persecution today? Now, you know, again, back then, persecution, they were really being persecuted. But in our minds today, what is our definition of persecution? And here's what I think it is. Number one, our idea of persecution is being seen as different. Well, well, I don't I don't want anybody to be, to see me as as too high or too low. I just want to be in the middle. You know, I just want to be a good person. We don't want to be different. We don't want to rock the boat. We don't want to change anything. I just want to be the same. Number two, we feel this is persecution as well. Being seen as having standards. I think a lot and I think this is big, especially for our young people as they grow. I believe they're so afraid to have a standard for themselves because everybody is just accepting everything today. And so we are afraid of others not wanting our company because we live to a standard. And so sometimes we don't want to do that because we don't want to be different. Then three, what's another reason that we feel that we're persecuted. We don't want the company of family and we don't want the company of friends taken away from us. You know, we, we will do whatever it takes at times to just keep things as they are. Just to keep things as they are and, and, has, and as they've always been. 
And so in order for me and in order for you not to be persecuted in the manner that uh, we feel persecuted, we do exactly what Peter did. We deny Jesus. And so instead of learning to become different, we say, well, I don't want to be different anymore because I don't want to be seen as different. I don't want to be seen as having standards. I don't want to be seen as the person that's different in my family or different from my group of friends. I want to be the same. You see, we do those same exact things. And all of this is under that umbrella of, I just don't want to be labeled. I just want to be normal. I want to be normal. And so it, and, and, and I bring this up a lot, but I just want you guys to really, and I'm talking to myself too. So I don't ever want you guys to think I'm um, pointing the finger, but I'm talking to myself too. And, and if somebody knows the answer, let me know, but I don't, I don't understand where this, where this concept comes from. In Mark 8, Jesus talks about the cost of discipleship, that we have to take up our cross and follow him, that we are to, you know, love father, mother, sister, brother, less than. Not saying that we don't love them, but Christ is first. And so how, where did the, where did the term normal Christian come from? Like there's... in my mind and, and from scripture and what I read, there's no such thing. You know what I mean? There's no such thing as like a normal Christian and there's no such thing as a as one that's on fire and one that's normal. You're either following Christ the way that he prescribed or we're not. So why do we why do we differentiate ourselves and saying, well, he's he's above, but I'm normal. Or she's above, but I'm, where do we get that concept? And you know what it is? It's Satan trying to get you to downplay who you are. And he has gotten so many of our young men like this. And he has gotten so many of our young ladies like this. He will get us to look at everybody in the brotherhood, everybody in the church. And he will get us to differentiate ourselves by putting ourselves on pedestals and levels. You can't be like them. You can't be like him. You can't be like her. So what you need to do is just stay where you are. You Have you forgotten who you are? Have you forgotten? There's no level of Christianity. We're Christians. So why do we, why do we level ourselves off? Oh, well, I'm a level five Christian. Well, no, I'm a level four. No, you're a Christian. It doesn't make any sense. But what happens is because of this system, I'm putting up quotations that we've kind of implied, then we're tired of having these labels now, but there's, there's no such thing. We're all Christians together. That's what the book of Romans talks about. We're all justified by faith. If you're a Christian, so there's, there's no level system here. And so the same effort that you see one Christian having, you could do it too. It's achievable. They're not special because of who they are. They're not special because of their last name. They're not special because of what what they do. They're special because of their effort and what they put in. 
And so the question is, well, why can't everybody else do that too? Aren't we all commanded to do it too? But that's a, that's something that's just something for you to think about. But number two, well, we're, we're talking about, I don't know if I want to be different anymore. Number one, you're, we're tired of being labeled as different. And then two, well, I'm tired of not really living. You know, you might feel like, you know, here's the thing. And I've heard this from a lot of people. Many people see the Bible as like a rule book. It's a really good book and they know they should follow it, but they see it as a rule book. So here's the thing. You can't, you can't view the Bible as a rule book because here's the thing. When you have a rule book, guess what you can decide? You can decide what you want to do and you can decide what you don't want to do. You can't, you can't view the Bible like a rule book because if you view the Bible just like any other book, guess what you'll decide? What you want to do and what you don't want to do. See, you, you, can't, you can't view the Bible that way. And essentially what people do is they, they see the Bible as God telling you what you can't do so you can't enjoy life here. So when you decide to have standards for yourself, actually, let me, let me rephrase that. When, when the gospel, when you start living up to the gospel standards, what you're going to do is you will look how others are enjoying their life. Well, wait a second. How come I can't do that? How come, how come, how come I can't do that? Why can't I just live life? Be very careful what you wish for. Be very careful what you wish for. Real quick, look at Luke chapter 15. Luke chapter 15. And I want you to look at verse number. Uh, Luke 15, 13. Now, again, remember with the prodigal son. And in verse 13, it says, And not many days after the younger son gathered all together, took his journey in a far country, and there wasted his substance with riotous living. And so. When you talk about riotous living, some people don't want to have a standard because guess what? They don't want to give up. I don't want to give up my chance to live life. I don't want to give up my chance to enjoy my life. I don't want to give up my chance to have a fun life. And so the prodigal son, he took his chance. He didn't give it up. He took it. But let me tell you all this. There, there are some great Christian friends that I have that have had, uh, that have made bad decisions in the past. I mean, we all have, but in terms of riotous living and, and living a certain lifestyle, I've had friends that have decided to do certain things in their lives before. Um, and I'll tell you this, I don't know one of them. I don't know one Christian that has had that type of past that has gotten out of it with the Lord's help. That on the other side of living life, I have never had one of those Christians say, uh, well, it, you know, that, that was worth it. Oh man, I enjoyed it. That was, none of them have said it was worth it. All of them said it was not worth it. All that freedom, all that, all that spontaneousness, all that fun, all that money, all that, whatever life could have brought them at that time, all of them have said it, it, it's not worth it. 
And so sometimes we say, I don't want to be different anymore because all of us feel like this in Luke 15. Some of us feel like I'm not really living. You see, what the what people fail to realize is that the 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 scripture is actually here to save your life. But us trying to live our lives, we're losing our lives every day. And so it's a beautiful thing to see that those those Christians that have uh you know lived this Luke 15 life and they're out of it now. None of them say they want to go back, but here's what they all have said. All of them, all of them have regretted that number one, that they never received discipline. And two, all of them have regretted that they didn't take this book seriously when they had the chance. Now they see it on this side and some of them are are so they're sad because they wish they would have done it earlier. But you can't stop people from living life. If they want to live life, you got to let them live it. But at the same time, you got, you got to hope that the Lord gives them time. And you got to hope that they come to themselves like the prodigal son did in Luke 15. So I don't want to be different. I don't know if I want to be different anymore. I'm tired of being labeled. Number two, I'm tired of not really living. And then number three, Here's a big one. I'm tired of sacrifice. I'm tired of sacrifice. You know, you might be saying this. I think I'm, I'm tired of living right. I'm tired of living above board. You know, I'm tired of trying to be something that everybody has always taught me to be, that the scriptures always taught me to be. I'm tired of living right. I'm tired of being the good guy. I'm tired of being the good girl. I want to fit in. I want to be, I want to be what people want me to be. Now that's, that's a scary phrase, but I've, I've heard that before. You know, if you're in this mindset, this is what you need to do. Look at Hebrews chapter 12, if you will. Hebrews chapter 12. And I want you to look at verses uh, one through three. Now here's, here's what is so amazing about Hebrews is it, it talks about faith a lot, and especially in the in the latter chapters here. But in chapter 12, verse 1, you know, he just explains in chapter 11 what faith is. Uh, verse 6, uh, that without faith, it's impossible to please God. And then all throughout chapter 11, it tells examples of men and women who actually use faith in impossible situations. Then in chapter 12, he mentions wherefore... Seeing we're compassed with a great cloud of witnesses. Who's that great cloud of witnesses? Everybody that used faith in chapter 11. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily besets us. And let us run with patience the race that I set before us. Now watch this. So Jesus understands that when we run this race, we're going to get tired. So what, what should we look for? Look unto Jesus the author and finisher of your faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and is set down at the right hand at the throne of God. So when you, when you talk about, I'm tired of sacrifice, I'm tired of, I'm trying, I'm tired of just trying to make the right choice and doing the right thing all the time. So you think about Christ, you think when he was being scourged that he was tired? You think when he had to carry that cross, he was tired? 
You think when the people that he created, John chapter one and Genesis chapter one, the people that he knows every hair on their head, Jeremiah chapter one, the creation that he loved and that he said that was good, Genesis chapter one, you think he was tired when people were spitting on him? You think he was tired when people accused him of being something he wasn't? You think he was tired when his apostles left him? You think he was tired when he helped everybody else, but nobody was there to help him out? You think he was tired? Yeah, he was tired. So when you're tired, who should you look to? Look to Jesus because he understands what it's like to feel tired of doing right. But watch verse three. But consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself. Lest you be weary and lest you be faint in your mind. So let's stop real quick. So you might be asking yourself right now. I don't know if I want to be different anymore because I'm tired of being labeled labeled. I'm tired of I'm tired of not really living. I'm tired of sacrificing. I'm tired of being seen as different. Even in the church, I'm talking about even among our own people. I'm tired of being seen as different than everybody else. Well, you know, the possibility is you might be looking too much at them and not enough at Jesus. Because the Hebrews writer said, when you start having these feelings, when you start running this race and you're tired and you're giving effort and you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, but you're tired of doing it by yourself. Look around. He says Jesus did it, too. Who was who was there to help him out? Who was there to comfort him when he needed it? Who was there to send him aid when he needed aid? Nobody was there for him. But who was there when when Peter's wife was sick? Jesus. Who was there when Lazarus died? Jesus. Who was there when the lame man needed help? Jesus. Who was there when Nicodemus needed help? Jesus. Who was there when all the apostles needed help? Jesus. Who was there when? But the one time. The one time that Jesus needed them. Where is everybody else at? It's gone. And so when you feel that way, what did, what did the Hebrews writer say? He said, look, stop looking at everybody else. He said, what you need to do is you need to look at Christ. Because if you don't, he said, you will become weary and you will become faint in your mind. And then what you're going to do when you're tired of living above board, when you're tired of being what God called you to be, when you're tired of living right, when you're tired of, of, of being righteous, when you're tired of doing everything right and you're on the road to doing what you know is right and nobody else is on that road with you, understand you're in great, great company. But also understand this. If you start to look around at what everybody else thinks about what you're doing. About how everybody else thinks about your life. You're going to become weary. And you're going to become faint in your mind. And this is what you're going to do. According to the scripture, you're going to be like everybody else. You see, in business, we don't want to be like everybody else, do we? We want to we want to be top dog at, at our business, don't we? 
in the sports world, we don't want to be a normal person, don't we? We want to be top dog. But in Christianity, it's it's not about being top or bottom. But why is it that we want to be like who everybody? Why do we want to be like everybody else? Why not strive to be like Christ? Why not strive to be like Christ? And so the thing about this, if you feel this way, if you feel like I'm tired of being different, if you feel like I'm tired of being labeled as this different dude, this different girl, if you're tired of living right, if you're tired of sacrificing, if you're tired of always being seen as that guy, that girl, that family, that, that, if you're tired of that, understand this, look at, look at Christ because he understands. And here, and let me make this abundantly clear. Christianity is not a competition. I'm not here to be better than you. I'm not here to go farther than you. I'm not here to know more than you. I'm not here to lord over you. I'm not here to be more than you or run faster than you. I'm here so that we can all help each other to get better and to be more like him. I'm not here to be like you. I'm not here to be like you. And I'm not here to be like you. I'm here to help you and you and you and me to be like him. And that takes hard work, sacrifice and effort to be like him, because not a lot of people want to be like him. Be like him, guys. So let's close this. Well, maybe you're tired of being different. And maybe you want people to see you as normal. Or maybe you want people to see you just as a person and not your position and not who you are. I get that. But I want you to know this. If you're that person right now that's living right, that's trying to be what the Lord wants you to be, that's living up to a standard, I want you to know this. Don't give up. I know it can be a grind. I know it can be a lonely road. But I'll sacrifice with you. I'll be labeled with you. I'll live the hard life with you. And wherever you are right now, you may be different where you are. But I want you to know today, you're not alone. And I want you to know that today, I'm proud to be different with you. I'm proud to be different with you. Let's live up to the standard of the gospel. Let's live up to the standard of Jesus. Let's be like him. Beautiful, right? It's just It's a wonderful thing. And I'm not saying that this isn't a phase that everybody goes through because it is. But when you go through this, make sure don't look at each other. Don't look at what everybody else is doing. Don't look at how everybody else is living. Look at him. Look at him. Man, I want to help you guys so much. And this is why, you know, I'm so passionate about this, guys, because I just I want you guys to be like him. I think for so long and for generations, honestly, we've spent too many times. And we spent too much time looking at each other and trying to be like everybody else. I'm, I'm, I'm off that. 
you know, I understand follow me as I follow Christ, but still I'm not trying to follow people. And I don't want you to follow me either. I want you to follow the gospel. And it's my job as a minister to not push you to me, but push you to him. And that's what I want to do. And I hope I can do that. So uh, I, I I love this. I love this, man. You know, I love studying with you guys. You know, I hope you guys can hear my passion through this. And, you know, it's just I just want everybody to get better. And I just want everybody to open up their eyes and, and really look at things for how they are and not how they've always been. You know what I'm saying? So uh, I can't wait to keep studying this with you. And I can't wait to keep helping yourselves and myself to become more like Christ. And there's so much more that we all can be doing, but we all can continue to grow and learn and develop and to be more like him. So like the podcast, subscribe on YouTube, uh, watch the video portion there. You can also find the podcast anywhere you can get your podcast, uh, like and subscribe and also leave a review on iTunes. If you would, I would really appreciate that. Um, you can follow me on Instagram um, and you can also follow the, the podcast on Facebook. Just look up Jordan Pugh on both and you'll be able to find me there. Thank you guys so much. And Lord willing, we'll see you guys next week. Thanks, guys.